0: For over 20 years, I've had a weight issue that was masking a deeper issue, food addiction. Welcome to Food Addiction, a podcast about food addiction recovery. I am your host, Julie Hatch. For those of you who celebrate Passover, I would like to wish you a happy Passover, and for those of you who just finished celebrating Easter, I hope your Easter was wonderful. We went over to my parents and celebrated, and I always love being around family. It's one of my greatest joys. But I especially cherish these moments because I know they're limited. I mean, one day my parents will not be around, and my husband, and so I really savor these moments that I get when I get them. Today's episode is really piggybacking off of last week's episode unbeknownst to me. When I did last week's episode, I knew I was on a scent, but I didn't know that I was about to have the most massive Epic breakthrough of my life. And I'm talking guys like 46 year, 46 years of being stuck in this one major area <laughs> that I really believe is the core of my addiction. And it's completely been healed. I have to tell you, it's really remarkable how Easter always seems to be a time of year where I experience so many miracles. And I know that the timing is not a coincidence as we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the gift of his atonement, I can't help but see his hand in this past week within my life. It's remarkable. And I, I struggle to find words. So here's the thing. I'm going to share with you something that's very raw, very personal, but I also may Flounder a little bit just because it. I'm searching for the words. I'm trying to find the right words to express what I'm about to express. Because how do you find words to express something that's been a part of your life and existence for 46 years, right? But it started with General Conference and this scripture that Elder Iring and Elder Bednar referenced. And it has to do with God being in us and us being in him. And I talked about that last week. But after this was on my radar, I followed this scent because I was like, what does that mean? And you'll understand here in a little bit why that was on my radar, why it wouldn't leave my mind, why it just kept following and persisted and persisted. And I knew it was important. It was as if God was saying, pay close attention to this. <laughs> so I had a series of little events happen this past week that culminated into this massive breakthrough. It was the catalyst Were these little series, this little series of events What happened was, and I don't even remember the order, so I apologize if I'm not putting this in the right order, but I got a phone call from my dad one day about the snowblower. He gave us his snowblower, and he has been asking us over and over about whether or not we use a snowblower. Like every time it snowed, he he would ask, and it got to the point where I started feeling really annoyed by his constant, what felt like constant hounding us over this, whether we used the snowblower or not. And I got sharp with him, and he retaliated with the comment, you're nasty. And that did not bode well with me at all, because the week prior, I really was kind of just at this point where i'm like i'm really sick and tired of the put downs of the negative things that people have to say about me i am sick of it and i reject this right i was starting to feel this way and this phone call triggered that and it was just a silly misunderstanding it wasn't anything like earth shattering We're fine and, you know, I understand that the reason now, I understand that the reason why my dad kept asking is because if it wasn't working, he wanted to pay to have it worked. He wanted to pay to get it fixed. And that's why he kept asking but I didn't know that. So to me, it felt like a conditional gift and I was like, if this is a conditional gift, you can have it back (laughs) because I'm tired of you asking about the stupid snowblower. (laughs) So that happened. then I also was given this assessment. So a friend of mine is completing her certification. And part of that certification requirement is to administer the disk assessment, which measures your um, management skills, basically. It assesses, not measures. It assesses your management skills. So she needed to give one assessment and do a debrief. And Um, I got to do that for her. And I'm so, so glad because this was a huge one. This was a huge part of the piece. So I do this assessment and I could tell, not right away, but I could tell I must have done some healing because something's not right. The results really caught me off guard because every assessment, and trust me, I've done many of them. Every assessment I've ever given has always there's always been this emphasis of the creative, intuitive, emotional side of me that for years and years and years, in a sense, I capitalized on, like, that's who I was, and that's how I knew myself, right? And everybody seemed to see these qualities in me, not everybody, but many people saw these qualities in me, and so that's who that's who Julie was. But this assessment came back as I am a C, not a really extreme C, I'm... I'm a conscientious worker and conscientious workers tend to be logical and analytical. What? (laughs) I was dumbfounded. I mean, I was shocked and I'm like, because I've always equated those qualities with smart people and I'm, I wasn't smart. And all of a sudden I thought, well, if I'm wrong about this, And I really am analytical and logical, which I could totally see, like, after this thought. I totally saw it in myself, and so could my friend. Um, I started questioning what other things have I been wrong about in reference to myself. What other things have I been wrong about? And I had this vivid flashback of being six years old. Now, my dad... He didn't have the greatest examples of fatherhood or parenthood growing up, and he largely had to learn how to be a father through us kids. He did the best he could. I always knew dad loved us, and I always knew that he was protective over us and was very, very dedicated and loyal to our family and my mother. Having said that though, he, in his younger fatherhood years, he was very militant and authoritarian. Now he's kind of more of a teddy bear, but as he's become a grandpa, but back then he was more militant and more authoritarian as a father. And he said things that I know he had no idea how I would interpret his words Or the impact his words would have. I know he, if he knew, he would just be mortified and he would struggle to forgive himself. And so I'm hoping he doesn't listen to this episode. I don't think he listens to my podcast because I'm very long winded and so is he. And, you know, we're similar in very many ways. So I'm hoping he doesn't actually listen to this one. But if he does, Dad, I love you. And I'm just sharing this not to, um, expose anybody at all, but just to let, to kind of preface what I'm about to say and give you a little context. So my dad, when I was six years old, he thought I had done something that I didn't do. And he called me over to him and we were standing in the entryway of the kitchen and he said, Julie Christine Holiday," because I told him I didn't do what he thought I did. Julie Christine Holiday, I am your father. I am right. And you are wrong. Go to your room. Okay, I was, I was like, what? Dad, how can you, how can you say that I'm telling you the truth, right? So I went to my room sobbing. And in my underdeveloped six-year-old brain, I interpreted this as, since he is an authority figure, that meant that anybody who had anything to say was an authority figure over me. I don't know why I decided that at that time, but that's what I came away with. But also that not only were my feelings wrong, my thoughts were wrong, my beliefs were wrong, my ideas were wrong, but that I was wrong for existing. I was wrong. And what that meant is that everybody else was right about me. So anytime anyone shared a compliment or a criticism they were automatically right and more often than not if I heard enough of the criticism repeated it would cancel out the compliments and that would happen a lot I felt wrong for existing and from that day forward my life became a mirror of that foundational core belief about myself. My friendships were ones of rejection, experiencing rejection time and time again from my peers. Either I was too self-righteous and too goody two shoes, or I was a skateboard, um, flat as a skateboard, So when all of my friends were going through puberty, I wasn't. So I was ugly. I was clumsy. I was naive. I was a lot of things that a lot of my peers and a lot of my caretakers and um, adults said I was, right? And it was a crushing blow to my psyche. Like it was just... Everywhere I turned, it seemed like every experience I had only further cemented this belief that I am wrong for existing. I am wrong. And I'm this disgusting, repulsive human being. I carried that from the time I was six years old until last week. 46 years of this crushing pain I carried around in the form of excess weight on my body. They were literally weighing me down. And every time anything happened that triggered one of these negative criticisms, it was like I would relive it all over again. And it was so painful that I would just stuff it down, stuff it down, stuff it down with food. I stuffed down my pain with food because I didn't know what else to do. So I stuffed it down and I stuffed down my voice. And then at the age of 13, I was molested. And anybody who's ever gone through an abusive experience will tell you, it's very common for the victim to lose their voice and their sense of identity or they will detach from their identity because all of a sudden, since those boundaries were crossed, their bodies become repulsive to them. They're and um it's very, very difficult. They detach. And then usually um it's very common for them to continue to have these detachment um episodes or this way of life where they just disconnect and detach anytime there's a perceived threat. And that was me. That was me. Um, but Because the perpetrator exerts authority over the victim, um, quite often the result is the victim will lose their sense of identity and their voice. They become powerless in a powerless situation. So that only cemented the fact that I'm wrong and disgusting and repulsive and I shouldn't be alive. I I didn't want to live. I didn't more often than not. I There was a lot of suicide, idolation, and it was bad. And then by the time I got into my 30s, well, I was also in a 10-year marriage where um, my former spouse was extremely intelligent, like a, a genius IQ, and he made it a point to use his intellect to degrade me, de- demean me, to put me down in order to put, build himself up. And so I was wrong for 10 years in my marriage. I was wrong for existing. I was wrong for thinking and I was dumb and stupid and not as intelligent as him. And so, and here's the thing. I don't think that anybody who does these things always understand why they do them or that they do them. I think that my former husband was bleeding out from his own trauma and it came out in that way. Was it right? No. Did it have a horrible negative effect on me? Absolutely. Did he mean for it to hurt me? I don't think so. I mean, you can say in the moment yes, but I don't really believe that he ever intended to hurt me. It felt that way sometimes, but I don't think overall, I think it was just him bleeding out and that was his coping mechanism so there was that and then by the time i exited that marriage after 10 years i spiraled into a very toxic relationship with a sex addict who on more than one occasion raped me and i didn't know it was rape because i was in a relationship with him but it was rape because it was against my will several times and um it was just a mess that whole thing but Um, it was just one of those things where all of those experiences were very traumatic for me and just continued to cement this idea that I'm wrong I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad I'm repulsive, I'm disgusting, I'm all these things and I carried it from my early childhood years all the way up until last week and then there was another thing that happened. What was it? Okay. So there was the assessment, there was the phone call, and then there was another thing. I'm trying to remember what it was in general conference. Well, if it comes to my mind, I'll share it with you. But needless to say, there were all these experiences that happened. And last week, it all came to a head. And I think, oh, I had this experience with art. So I was struggling and I reached out to my accountability partner. Excuse me. <laughs> um, they say that if you are processing things, it's it's not uncommon to unintentionally burp or belch. It's the energy that's kind of coming up. So pardon me because I am still processing. But I will just say that... Uh, My accountability partner was like, you sound, what I'm hearing is that you're understimulated and you're bored. And I fell into that trap too. So maybe if you do like fill up your schedule with things you can do instead of eating that are fun and bring you pleasure and joy, that will help. And I loved that idea. And so I went and I bought watercolors and watercolor paper. Now watercolor is not my go-to medium. It's not even my favorite. I like it, but I'm not what I would say, very adept at doing it or very good at doing it. So, but for some reason, I wanted to do watercolor, the hardest thing for me to do. And not only did I want to do the hardest thing that I wanted to do that I haven't done in years, like literally years, I decided that I was going to change the rules. Normally, I would do a little rough sketch and paint over it or have a reference point to paint from, nope, not this time. It was very important for me not to. And I didn't understand why right away, but I just leaned into it and I thought, okay. And then when I was done, I was like, I'm not judging this. I'm not going to do what I always do and judge this and criticize this. I am going, in fact, I'm going to post it, which is even harder because you know that when you post things, people are going to have thoughts and opinions about it, good or bad. So suddenly you become vulnerable, but I wanted to do something that was from my heart and my head and I didn't want to judge it. And I changed all the rules. I broke all my rules. I posted it on Facebook and there were some sweet, very, very sweet compliments about it, which I appreciate, but I didn't really allow myself to latch on to what anybody said about it, good or bad. Because the whole point of my doing it was to learn how to practice dismissing, or that's not even a good word, but more, I think, shutting down all the voices in my head about what I did, my capabilities, my skills, me. It was my way, now looking back, I understand this at the time I didn't, but it was my way of learning how to quiet those voices and just uh, enjoy the process like just do it for joy's sake you know and to not do it because i had to meet somebody's expectation or because somebody thought i was good at doing it or because somebody thought i needed to work on it but just do it because it brought joy to my heart and soul so all these things kept happening last week that culminated and all of a sudden before i knew it all of this really intense pain came to the surface because it's all the pain i carried around for 46 years and it felt like i was going to suffocate under the the amount of it all like it was that overwhelming i just thought i was going to suffocate it literally felt like i was somebody placed a giant fat suit on me And this weight, this real heavy-weighted suit that wasn't me, that was suddenly on me. And there I was, right? And I thought, nobody needs to put a fat suit on me. I'm already wearing one. And that fat suit consisted of all the words and labels that tore at me, continuously ate at me over and over and over again that prevented me from doing things in my life that would have been good for me, like going back to school or pursuing my dream careers or my dreams. I didn't do that because my dreams were wrong. It was wrong to have dreams. It was wrong to want to pursue them it's wrong for me to be wealthy, it's wrong for me to be poor, it's wrong for me to be good at something, it's wrong for me to be bad at something, it's wrong for me to exist. So a lot of my decisions in life really prevented me from decision making. Oh my goodness, even as I say this, I'm having a profound aha moment. Wow. So I avoided making decisions, and the times that I did make decisions, the one decision that I remember making about my career in education was going back to trade school. I always had this deep interest in psychology and what makes people tick, and of course that appeals to the analytical side of me as well. But I always had this interest, and I wanted to go back to school, but I think there was a deeper need for this particular form of education, and that's the healing that it granted me during that time in my life, because we would practice processing each other, and it was almost like a year and a half or a year of, um, I can't remember how long school was, my certification for this, but... It was like year-long intense therapy every week, right? Or every other week. And so I, well, I think it was two times a week. We met on two times a week. So yeah, it would have been every week we were working on something. But anyway, I I learned a lot of tools to help me heal and to help me assess myself and work on myself. It was, and you know, it's funny because I thought I went through so much healing back then, but even even at that point, it was really just the tip of the iceberg of the work that I would be doing to heal, but definitely, definitely found tools. And I think, I, you know, the reason that I was drawn to that even more than my um, fascination and, and interest in psychology was this need, this great need to heal and i think that's why i i had that experience and why so many miracles fell into place that allowed me to go to school and have that experience so many miracles um which i'll save for a different uh, a different episode but getting back to what i was saying that's really the only decision i ever may remember making for myself like beauty school I probably would have chosen to do that regardless because I had an interest in, you know, makeup and hair and nails and stuff like that, but I also felt like I did that more out of necessity than desire because I was a first-time single mom who was going through a divorce and needed a way to provide for myself, and so as soon as I graduated is when really basically when we started getting our our divorce papers going, so... um. Even then, it felt like out of necessity. And a lot of what I did in my life was out of necessity more than desire. I did not really give myself permission to have desires or to have dreams or to have goals. I had goals and I had dreams. And sometimes I'd make attempts to fulfill them only to hit a wall. And I never knew what that wall was. It never really occurred to me until just now (laughs) that – where that was coming from this lack of like making a change in my life and why I didn't do it. Wow. Now it suddenly makes more sense. But anyway, um, wow. I'm sorry guys. I was not expecting that, that aha. Okay. What I, but so there were lots of decisions, lots of decisions that I I made or didn't make based on this. I am wrong for existing belief that I had. I'm wrong for existing and therefore I reject love and I cannot be loved and I, I'm i not worthy of love and it was all enmeshed in trauma and the sexual abuse and all of this, right? I was just one heaping mess. <laughs> and then last week happened and I think that's why I don't, I'm not as hard on myself as maybe I ought to be for not really eating according to plan. Every once in a while, I was okay with it. A lot of times I wasn't over the last several weeks. The times that I wasn't brought me a lot of clarity, but it was also extremely overwhelming. And I know I resorted to old coping mechanisms because I didn't quite have ones that were strong enough in place and, you know, in dealing with my saboteur. (laughs) But, um but i actually kind of feel like i'm not going to judge that because that was one doozy of a week and it's been leading up to it for several weeks and i just see it as what it is and i understand it and i know that having gone through that week i i've come out feeling like a warrior in a sense feeling like, wow, did I just really crack that net open? Did I really just heal? Thank you, God. And I thank him because he was every part of it. Every single part of my healing came through him. I remember, well, it's probably going on three years now, three years ago, before I was introduced to Brightline Eating, I offered up a heartfelt prayer pleading for healing. I knew I needed to heal. I knew there was a lot there that I needed to heal from. And I pled with my savior for healing. And the very next, it was either the next day or the next week. I can't remember. My brain has a lot in it right now. So I apologize. But very soon after that is when I was introduced to BLE and I got that confirmation that, yes, this is, you're on the right track. This is meant for you. This is a big piece of it, and you need to learn this piece. So I was on ascent. I was on ascent, and I knew that this was an answer, one of many answers to prayer, this particular prayer. And so as I continued on this journey, I have definitely picked up more pieces, and I have definitely hit upon more things that have slowly been healed Um, The last time I had a massive breakthrough was during COVID. It was during COVID. It didn't happen in the middle of COVID or the beginning of COVID, more towards the end. I happened to be sitting in church at the time. I don't even remember what the message was during sacrament meeting or what the sermon was, but... I just remember sitting there, and it literally felt like two Snapses in my brain connected. I, I don't have a word for it other than it felt like a, an awakening of sorts, like somebody flipped a switch, and suddenly I knew something that I didn't know before. It was a very interesting experience, and I had this major breakthrough but it still wasn't as big as last week. Last week, like I said, it was hitting on this r- core thing. All the, all the little things, the series of events that transpired last week that culminated into this breakthrough, it touched on this idea of how can I be a child of God and be wrong for living? How can I have this divine part of me because I was created by my creator, because I am his offspring, and still be bad and wrong for existing? Each thing that happened challenged my thinking. Why am I choosing to believe these lies? That I'm nasty, that I'm dumb, that I'm ugly, that I'm all these things. Why? What makes it okay for someone to label me these things? And what makes it okay for me to accept it as truth? What would happen if I started putting in boundaries with people? What would happen if if I allowed myself and I gave myself permission not to meet everybody else's expectations, but to meet my savior's expectations of me, what would happen if I rejected these lies and started considering the fact that what if I'm not all of these things that I thought I was each experience i had touched on a part of this that resulted in this nut being cracked wide open it was as if pandora's box opened up and i could no longer not know what i just learned (laughs) i couldn't unsee what i just saw i couldn't deny what happened Because that healing was profound and that healing was God interceding in my life and helping me over the course of these last three weeks of me trying to figure this out, trying and trying and trying, like, what is this? What's in the way? Help me see what I can't see, what I don't want to see because it's too painful Whatever that is, I have to get through it. I have to. I have to. And then there it was. All on the surface. And I saw it for the first time in my life. And I suddenly understood who I was. That I was a daughter of God and that there's this great power that comes in owning that title, that identity, it's powerful. Think about Jesus Christ. Think about all of his goodness, his attributes. Think about his perfect, profound love. Each each of us has it within us, these things. I believe that He created us. If He created us in His image, and He created us so that we are in Him and He is in us, then that would have to mean that that divine part of Him can exist in us too. And there's so much strength and power that comes from that. That if He can be this amazing, omnipotent God and we are his offspring, then what does that say about us? What does that mean? I think it's up to each one of us to learn what that means. Because you know what? I suddenly see myself differently. I don't see myself as perfect I'm definitely not a God, but I am a daughter of Jesus Christ and and my heavenly father. I am a daughter. I'm a daughter of my heavenly father, I guess more correctly, a sister of Jesus Christ, but because he created me, that makes him also my creator. And that makes, that would make me his offspring in a sense. So he's both brother and father in a sense, but What if we are not our experiences and the things that happen to us? What if we aren't even the thoughts and the beliefs that resulted from all of those challenges in our lives, those, those experiences that were extremely difficult or traumatic What if we weren't the resulting belief that we took away from those experiences that were negative, that weren't helping us to progress and become the best versions of ourselves? I don't know what lies ahead, but I am extremely excited about what lies ahead. What would be possible being free From all these negative labels about myself and who I am. What would be possible if I continued my walk with Jesus, allowed him into my life daily, minute by minute, what could I accomplish with him? All things are possible through him. Pardon me. And because of him. So what does that look like as I apply that truth to myself in my life? What things would he have me do or desire me to do that I couldn't do on my own? <laughs> it's It stopped me in my tracks, guys. It really did. It, it was like record scratch, you know, like hold up <laughs> what wait a minute now that i know this now what and i'm realizing that i'm entering my life with a deeper sense of curiosity a a vulnerability and a an openness to what lies in store and maybe just maybe i'll learn a little bit more about my mission and purpose here on earth now that i am ready to let go of the lies that i had believed all these years maybe just maybe i won't feel so blocked and i'll be able to understand more fully and hear him directing me counseling but guiding me helping me understand now this is what i need to do right whatever that is so this is where it's left me And as I apply this to my life, I look at what I'm doing so differently. Seeing life through the lens of healing that could only take place through and because of him is so drastically different than how I saw it before. And I I really believe that... It will be easier from here on out as long as I continue to hold on to the truth that he revealed to me about who I am and whose I am. I think it will be easier for me to make choices that align with that truth, including healthy choices, choices that will affect my health, my overall health and well-being how can it not? Right? How can it not? So I really hope and pray that you include him in your healing because the greatest healing I've done has occurred when I allowed him in and when I petitioned him for help. And please keep in mind, I think it's really important that I make this point understand that he did not heal me right away. I keep, I kept saying 46 years, I meant 44, 44, because if I was six, and I'm 50 now, it's 44 years. <laughs> First, I said 50, because I'm like 50 years old. But then when I actually did the bath, I'm like, I kept saying 46, and I meant to say 44. But what I'm saying, what I'm getting at is, is taken 44 years for this healing to actually happen. And it's very possible that I could have, I may have not been ready if I hadn't done the work myself, opening my scriptures and studying them and praying about them or fasting or doing the things that I needed to do to receive inspiration and personal revelation for myself and my life. If I hadn't done my part in that, would I have been ready for his help? Would I have been able to accept it? Could I have lived an entire lifetime of mortality and still not been healed? That's possible. I also believe that pain is a teacher and that the reason that sometimes the Lord doesn't heal us right away is because he's using that challenge or that opposition or whatever you want to call it to teach us there's something, there's a part that we still need to learn. And I think until I was able to learn all those parts, then and only then was he able to really heal me. So when we ask for him to heal us, it may not be right away. It may not even be in this lifetime. But that I also believe that, that it's true that we still need to do our part too. You know you know the old saying you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink. It's like that. I do believe that we have to do our part and and prepare ourselves to receive the Lord's word, his 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 healing, his goodness, his help. We have it's not it's not about worthiness as much as it is about just preparing ourselves so that we can be ready to heal. Healing happens in God's perfect timing and ways, and it happens when we're ready. So I've noticed over the course of my life that the healing, the greatest healing occurred when I was made ready or when I was ready. And I don't know that any, you know, here's the other thought I had. I really don't know if it would have made that much of a difference to how do I put this? When I was mentoring and when I was coaching, I I know that there were times in my life I wanted to be healed so badly. It's almost like I tried to force it on myself. Like I am healed, you know, like I declare it. And so it is right. Like. I was so desperate sometimes to to just get past this block. I knew I was blocked and I I figured the more books I read, the more mentors and coaches I hired that that meant that. I would be unblocked and I could just move on with my life, but I'm not sure that's how that works, at least not for me. It didn't work that way. It's not to say that I didn't learn valuable things through books or through experts or coaches and mentors. It's not to say that I didn't learn through them or these things, but I don't know if that would have been enough for me to really have the breakthrough I had. I don't know. Maybe for some people it is, but for me that's just not how it worked. I don't know that I could have forced this It's something that can't, to me, it just feels like something that cannot be forced. And that there's an amount of patience and grace and mercy that you kind of need to extend to yourself through the learning curve. There is something about waiting on the Lord in all of this healing and progress and becoming the version of myself that I hope I can be one day. There's something about waiting upon the Lord in all of this, trusting in him, trusting in his timing, trusting in his ways that are not our ways. That's huge that I can't dismiss. That makes me wonder how far I really could have actually gotten if I'd not turned to him. And I just relied on books and classes and seminars and coaching and mentoring And all of those things. So. It does make me pause. It does make me pause. And it does make me wonder. Because there's this big, you know, waiting on the Lord peace. That just seems so ever present in situations like this. Where I have these massive epic breakthroughs or this healing occur. I hope that in. Listening to this episode, you'll take away some key principles that I learned. And that is, don't be afraid to ask the Lord for help. Do what you need to do to be open and receptive to his inspiration and personal revelation. Trust in his timing, trust in his ways, wait upon the Lord And understand that all of these experiences are not who you are. You are a spirit son or daughter of Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. You are divine. Taking upon his name is not only holy and sacred, but necessary. It's a necessary part of our mortality so that we can fulfill the measure of the creation that we are that is his. Remember who you are. Don't ever forget who you are. Understand that he can do so much more We can accomplish so much more in life through him than we can on our own. Understand that. And hey, we can accomplish a lot on our own. Like we really can. But imagine what we can do when we team up with him. Imagine what's possible. Because at that point, anything's possible. Because he's omnipotent and he's a God. He can do things that we as humans cannot do yet. So understand that, right? We need to understand that. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I feel like this is a benchmark. And I guess we'll find out. (laughs) Maybe there's even more pieces. I don't know. But this sure felt like a foundational core thing. That's why it just felt so massive and epic as it was hitting on this huge block huge huge core block <laughs> anyway i thank you for allowing me to share this experience with you it's it took five recordings for me to get this message out which is why i'm tardy in posting it i had everything working against me yesterday. It was crazy. My morning got interrupted several times and I had unexpected things put on my platter. And, and then all of a sudden the, the, uh, what's the word? The connection went down. I didn't have internet. (laughs) Like I had every, every form of opposition rear its ugly head yesterday. And finally i just gave up i'm like i will do this i'll finish this and get it uh, posted tomorrow which is now today <sighs> I, I i don't know the reasons maybe there's somebody who really really needs to hear this today that wouldn't have been able to hear it yesterday i don't know what the reasons for all of that was but here it is and it's a longer episode than usual but it's such an important part such an important piece I will never forget this experience ever and I pray I will never forget the truth that I learned about who I am and whose I am and I pray that prayer for you too I share for several reasons. I want you to understand as a listener and as a witness to my life that the journey in progressing and becoming the best versions of ourselves happens a step at a time. It doesn't happen overnight. We don't need to look for quick fixes. In fact, I think the fixes that happen when we're patient and when we can extend a little compassion, even to ourselves and to others, uh, is far greater, in my opinion, than quick fixes. And I, I don't want people. You know, sometimes I've had to learn the hard way because of my own pride. And if you can recognize those pitfalls and avoid them through what I've shared, great, great. And if there's any success I experience, then I want others to be able to see and understand how that was possible or why that was possible so that they can apply those same principles and get the same results, which is healing. I truly desire for anyone who's watching or listening to experience healing. And that's all I wanted to share today. If you'd like to join us in our Healthy and Bright group on Facebook, you are more than welcome to. We'd love to have you. If, you're, if you have a story that you want to share that's on your heart, regarding your health I would love for you and I to talk about that let's let's see if we can make it happen reach out to me on Facebook I'm under Julia love just shoot me a direct message and um, let's talk all right I will leave this this episode with you (laughs) I hope that anyone who listens will understand the great love that I feel for my Savior. He is my truest friend. He is my advocate, my comforter, my redeemer, my Savior. I love him with all my heart. And I hope that I can live my life in a way that reflects that, that there's no mistaking that how I feel about him and the important part that he plays in my life, in all of our lives. He's there. We just have to reach up and take hold of his hand. He's never abandoned us. That's not in his nature. There is no greater joy or peace that comes than through having that relationship with Him. And that, my friends, is my testimony. I love you. Make today great. And we'll connect next, next weekend.